Thank you so much for sharing. Hey, if you remember when I was doing announcements, I said, uh, hey, you get to go to lunch early today. <laughs> the message is going to be kind of not real long. If there's one thing I've learned in my life, going back all the way to junior high school, my attention span has always been really short. And I soon discovered in education that my students had very short attention spans. And the funny part about that is I would try my best when I was in the classroom, because 55-minute classes, that I would try to break up my lesson plans. And, and I'd do something for like 15 or 20 minutes, and then I'd totally try to do something else. And I noticed that that form or that way of teaching was really kind of a great way to teach. However, for those of us who have been in education, we know that it's like 10 times hard to put all that curriculum together and keep it up. And, you know, by the time the end of class, you know, to be just as enthused during that seventh hour class as you were during that first hour class. It's a great challenge. And how many of you have heard that there's a big shortage of teachers throughout the country? The last number I heard was 300,000 teachers short. And I was talking, Sandy and I were talking with our son who teaches at Greenway High School, and their attendance at that school is down almost 300 students from a couple of years ago. And uh, they've had to kind of move around teachers to different schools. And then I talked to my other son, Brett, who many of you have met. He spoke a couple of times here at our fellowship here at the Ridge. And there's this huge backlog of students trying to get in at Northwest Christian. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's two ways we can look at this. We can look at it as a minus in the sense that, boy, public school needs to get their act together, or we can look at it as an opportunity for us in Christian schools to share Christ with young people. And I, I think about that a lot, because when I was in the public schools, and Sandy too, is I never let the fact that I was a teacher in public schools be a hindrance in sharing my love for Jesus Christ. The question was, is how do I do that? And the answer was, you lead students to ask questions. And part of what we're going to be hearing today, and I maybe will have an opportunity for you to give some input, is in relation to this message, is to allow you some input also. So what I want to do, we're going to be kind of old school. We're going to go back to the fact that we're not going to be using the overheads to put scripture on. So if you have your cell phones and you have a Bible app on your cell phones, you might want to get that out and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 2, and you're going to want to go to verse 23. If you don't have the Bible on your cell phone, you can pull out a Bible in front of you that are in the uh, chairs there and grab that. And again, turn with me to the Gospel of John and chapter 2, verse 23. Now, I actually have two short messages. Pastor Will has been leading us through the Gospel of John. And, he shared, and I talked with him and I said, man, you so impressed upon my heart, Pastor Will, that I, I just want to glean some 
things that I have gleaned from your message, and I want to talk to you just one last time, but I have a feeling Pastor Will will do this too. But I want to talk to you about uh, this pisteo that he was uh, sharing with us. Pisteo is that Greek word to believe. And if you remember, Pastor Will shared with us, there, there were two pisteos that Christ used, one being the believe in, and the other one was to believe on. And uh, I want to kind of just take on a little bit of that with you this morning about that, because it, it just really struck me. So I want to read the passage of scripture one more time with you, chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading from verse 23 through 25. Now, when Jesus was in Jerusalem, now, he had done, he had already been doing some miracles. We know that the, he had turned the uh, water into wine. He had been healing people. He had been casting out demons. People were observing this. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name and when they saw the signs in which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. And there were two things that Pastor Will brought out that in relation to the pisteo um, epi versus, uh, you know, believing on and the contrast versus believing in. And I, I, God just kind of brought this to my, it's very simple, but I thought I'd share it with you this morning. The reason why I think Jesus struggled with that believe in versus the believe on is because, think about this for a second. How many of us have come to believe in people because of what they've done? Maybe they have impressed us with their work or they've impressed us with their wisdom or they've impressed us with any number of things. Even our friends have been really good because maybe they've done things for us that otherwise we could not have done together. But we believe in them because of what they've done. The problem with that is down the road, somebody else comes along and they do even greater things than what those that we believe in had done. So we, we kind of lose within ourselves, we kind of lose that believing in this person and we more lean towards believing in that person because they've done a little more than that individual. And so when we look at our relationship with Jesus Christ, we want to try our best to move past that believing in and learn to believe on. And I have a great example that I, I and you probably all know this. Uh, do you remember who Thomas was? Do you remember what happened when Jesus rose from the dead? Who was missing when Jesus appeared to the disciples. It was Thomas. He wasn't there. So if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to John chapter 20. 
in verse 29, John chapter 20 and verse 29, these words of Jesus ought to just really stick to our hearts. Jesus, when he appeared this time with Thomas being there, do you remember what Jesus asked Thomas to do? Put your fingers where my nail prints are and in my side. And then Jesus said these words. I don't know if I have them exactly right, but he said, you believe because you have what? You believe because you have seen. But greater is he who believes who what? Has not seen. That's you and us today. Now, think about this for a second. Because for those of you who are listening online, it's so easy to believe that which we see because we can grasp it. We can hold on to it. And we believe in it. Now for you and I, and the majority of the day in and day out of life, we need to learn to believe on. How many of you realize that Jesus walks with you every day? Do you believe that? He does. You don't necessarily always feel it or see it, but he's always right there with you. Always, Not just watching, but he wants to involve himself in your decision making. You know, I was talking with my students just the other day and I said, isn't it kind of strange that we do something that is really kind of weird? And they all looked at me and said, well, what do you mean, Mr. And I said, we, com- we talk to ourselves. We communicate with ourselves. We probably do that more than communicating with other people. I mean, we have our friends, we have our family, but how often, think about this, how often are you asking yourself a question, seeking an answer? How often do you ask yourself, do you think I should do this or not do this? Or, you know, you're reading a book and you're thinking about what you're reading and you go, wow, this is really, this is interesting. Matter of fact, when Pastor Will was talking this whole concept of believing in and believing on, I was talking to myself through that whole example because I was going, okay, you're right. How often have I found myself believing in Jesus when I'm reading scripture because of what Jesus has done? We took communion today. The body of Christ which was broken for you and I, and the blood that he shed for us. We read about it, and we believe in him. But that's over. It's hard for us to feel the pain and suffering that Jesus, we can think about it and talk about it in our own hearts and minds, but we don't always see it the way it really happened. How many saw that movie, I think, by... um, trying to think of his name, but Jesus, Mel Gibson. How, did anybody see that movie when it came out? Man, I got to tell you, that was hard to take. If you, if, you, if you haven't seen that movie, you ought to try to see it. But that movie, the suffering that Jesus took, 
You know, we, we talk about shedding his blood. Believe me, in the beatings that he took, he was shedding his blood for you and me. So I want to encourage you not to fall into the mode of believing in, but rather believing on. Believing in is short-lived. Because somebody else is going to come and do something that really impresses you or says something that really encourages you. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I, I want. And then somebody else comes along and does something. Um, you know, one of the funny parts, uh, Casey, that I was thinking, I, I was at the game the other night and I was watching you all time, you know, in, in Prescott. She was working with the football players. One of the players got injured, I think, and you were right there asking questions, you know, and things like that. But um, I was thinking about the fact that things in our lives, experiences, are so short-lived because we have so many of them. But believing on Jesus Christ is forever. It's eternal. We just have to learn how to do that. So I want to encourage you to explore that more. I know Pastor Will will probably be sharing more on that, but I want you to be encouraged to think about that in your own life. Now, if you would, I want to come to the second part of my message today, and I want you to turn with me to um, John chapter 3 and verse 22. My message today is actually two parts, as I shared. The first part being, uh, you know, Jesus' ability to discern our hearts. And he knew that there were many of those people, not every one of them, but many of those people that followed him were believing in him because of what he did. But he wasn't satisfied because he knew he needed to help them move on to believing on And now we come to something that hits all of us, and that is even in the life of the church. You know, I get to have the privilege at this church to serve on the board of elders. Am I qualified? No. But it has been such an awesome experience because these men that I have a chance to serve on the elders with, they are guys that have long ago recognize that they play we play such a small part in relation to what the ministry is all about we've discovered the ministry isn't about us it's about the body of Christ it's about all of us together and we know that we can only be the best that we can be in Christ Jesus when we look at the body versus the individual. We can be impressed by the individual, but it's the body of Christ as a whole, from the head to the toe, from the arm to the fingers, that we really are all that we can be in Christ Jesus. But anyway, I want to read a passage of scripture to you. This is, and Pastor Will will probably touch on this again, which will be awesome. But I want to read a passage of scripture uh, out of John chapter 3. And I want to read verses 22 through 30. If you want to start reading that now, you're more than welcome to. But 
I want to talk to you about what life in Christ always should be and what it is is exalting him over exalting ourselves. Because what I'm about to read or what you're reading right now happens all the time. But we need to learn how to be successful in overcoming it. Okay, you ready? Here we go. John chapter 3, starting with verse 22. After all of these things that have taken place on the Passover where Jesus was, Jesus and his disciples came to the land of Judea. So they've, they've left Jerusalem now. And there he remained with them and he performed baptism. So now we have Jesus baptizing. Okay? Now, John was baptizing in Ainon near Salim because there was much water there. So you have Jesus performing baptisms and you have John the Baptist performing baptisms. And they came and were baptized for John had not yet been thrown into prison. So in both examples, people were coming and being baptized. Then there arose a dispute. Hmm. We don't all think alike, do we? And then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, what does rabbi mean? Teacher. He who was with you beyond the Jordan, speaking of Christ. They were there, they were witnesses when John the Baptist, when he baptized Jesus. Behold, he, Jesus, is now baptizing and all are coming to him. Ooh, a little jealousy there, huh? Distrust on one side. So John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. And Rick, that, that's a great message because that's a prophecy that we all know, and those who study the word know in going back to the Old Testament. So he says, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, who's, who could be the friend of the bridegroom? The best, best man who stands next to the bridegroom. And hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must what? Hmm. Brothers and sisters, in life, as, a, as one who believes on Jesus Christ, please know this. We want to lift him up. May he increase, and may I decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is on the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. 
He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. Think about this for a second. At weddings, usually what does the best man and matron of honor do after the wedding ceremony is over and the, the reception is taking place? What generally, not always, but what generally happens? You, you stand and you give a toast to them. And when you do that, you listen to what they're saying. And a lot of it has to do with the friendship that has developed between both the, uh, the groom and the matron, the, the bride. But they're lifting them up. They don't lift themselves. In the life that you and I live in, unfortunately, there's always that will come and say, hey, did you hear what so-and-so is doing? And it puts us in the dilemma of either supporting or not supporting the person that they're wanting to lift up. But the key, you got it, this, this is the key. The key is always the desire to lift up the other as much as you can versus lifting up yourself. The church is not exempt from this happening. Please don't raise your hand. But how many of us have been involved in a ministry where there have been issues and people take sides? here's a great lesson for you and me. And that great lesson is resolved by the way that John handled it in the example that he gave. Hey, look, I'm not the groom here. I'm just the groomsman. One of. Help me to decrease that he might increase. And As I look at this passage of scripture, and I think Pastor Will will probably even delve into this even more, I think of the fact that you and I, as we learn to believe on Jesus Christ, though others around us might do phenomenal things, and, and ask me if I, or tell me if I'm wrong in this, from one church to the next, you will discover that there are those who speak intelligent words and are great pastors giving messages and sermons like our pastor will. And on the other hand, there are those that are just, you know, you fall, you want to fall asleep sometimes and it's a struggle. But is that why we go to that church? Is that why we attend is because of a person or because of Christ? And I say to you, Pastor Warren, we were talking about this with Tim and Jamie the other night. The purpose-driven life. Whenever you personally feel God speaking to your heart to get involved in any form of ministry, be it the nursery, 
be it the Sunday school, be it adult ministry, be it youth, be it as we get the enjoyment of sharing in communion every other week, the individual who sets that up for us, be it whatever. Our purpose is to involve others and lift them up in a greater way than ourselves. Lord, help me to decrease that you might increase. Lord, help me to believe on you versus believing in you. Thank you for all the miracles, but that's not the purpose-driven life that you've given me in Christ Jesus, to believe on you. So the challenge for us this day, as we leave this sanctuary, is to go out into the world, exalting others, lifting up others, but more than that, believing on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who has so miraculously, because we can't believe it, forgiven us of all our sins, walking beside us day by day, moment by moment, even when we mess it up and screw up, he's always there loving us and caring about us. Always remember that. Lord, help me to decrease that you might increase. When I walk into classrooms, I have people all the time say to me, Erwin, you're 70 years old. What are you doing walking into a classroom of a bunch of young teenagers? I got to tell you, that's where my heart is. I love those guys. and I love those girls. Because I know in a few short years, guess what? They might be. They might be. But they're going to become some of the greatest people that I will thank the Lord are in my life. I thank him for that. Your grandson is one of those. I thank the Lord. So, you know, I thank the Lord so much that I've had that opportunity to have him in my life. Every last Sunday when they were here, we, you know, we hugged on each other and just, you know, it's been what, two years now since he graduated. I can't, Unbelievable. When I see you girls and I, I, you know, since junior high school, can you believe that? It's been so fun. I get to watch, like, Casey was in cheer. I got, you know, and playing volleyball. And I, I got to get out and watch you run this year, Casey. But, you know, what a blessing. Thank you, sir. Testing one, two, three, four. One, two. Is it on? This is on. Oh, okay, there we go. Hey, I'm going to finish up, but Lee, having, getting to know your kids has been incredible. And, you know, not only that, but Sandy and I this past couple of weeks got to meet a bunch of students going to Embry-Riddle one of them we met in Las Vegas. And we've already had him over to our house here in Prescott. And he's already called me on the phone once. 
but opportunities. Lord, help me decrease that you might increase. Let's pray. Father, as the worship team comes, Father, I want to thank you, Jesus, for the blessings that you give us through Scripture. What great lessons for us to be a part of the words that you're, the men of God have written that we might worship, praise you, and believe on you. Thank you for the examples of how we should live are given to us. And Father, I just pray that for each and every person here today, that you will bless them, enrich them. Lord, may we always, in the name of Jesus Christ, lift you up.